the people you go in with, just a funny group of people that go into the water together in January. And the goal is to go as far as we can. And every time I go in, I feel like I won some epic battle because the water is like between 32 and 35 right now. So you get out and you warm up and then you go home and anything else is possible. This is Crow's Feet, a place where we ponder the question, are these our golden years or does aging just suck? Well, yes, getting older is not for the faint-hearted, but aging also brings wisdom and humor, a finely tuned perspective on life. In our podcast, you'll meet writers and others rethinking our later years, people who inspire us to reimagine our future. My name is Warren Turner. I am the host of today's episode of the Crow's Feet podcast, and my guest is Amy C., She's a top writer, editor, and publisher on the writing platform Medium. Medium carries a wide variety of publications, and Amy is involved with several of them, including Crow's Feet, Muddyum, a humor pub, Contemplate, and Breast Stories. We will link to all of those in the show notes. But tell me, Amy, how do you keep all your publications straight? Uh, Muddyum was the first one that I joined. And Contemplate is the sister pub of Mudium. When it's not quite funny enough, you go to I go to Contemplate. My favorite thing about Mudium is our Monday morning meetings at 10 a.m. We show up and we have these raucous, hilarious meetings that sometimes are all business, but where everyone just bounces off of each other and you're like, it's another one of those tribes. I'm like, here are these funny people. How did we find each other? You have the same thing at Crow's Feet, I imagine. You think, how did we find each other? But it's just this group of people who's always funny. And um, breast stories was because I wrote a story, I think that said, was titled, If These Breasts Could Talk, about a woman in Iowa City who'd had her breasts removed. The story got so widely read, and I got so many comments, I couldn't believe it. And my friend Andrew, who I work with at Muddy, said, um, you should do a breast pub. So I thought, Sure. And then Amy Gramlin, who's done a lot of publications, did a Zoom with me for two hours and told me how to run a pub, which was so generous because I didn't even know her. And on breast stories, breast cancer stories, trans stories, like ownership over women telling their own stories about their bodies has been so mind-blowing and beautiful. It's like another tribe. And yours I love. Can I say one thing about crow's feet? Sure. It's not easy turning 50 in this culture of ageism and writing for something where people write past a certain age embraces aging. And I feel like I can lean into aging and love it and embrace it because writing is how I figure myself out. Speaking of writing for crow's feet, do you have anything that you would like to share from uh, some of your crow's feet essays? Um, I wrote a piece called, You've been warned nothing good happens in your brain after 12 a.m. And it was kind of comparing late nights and wee hours for when you're young versus when you're getting older. And here's just an excerpt from that. When you're older, the wee hours present other troubles. If you wake up to pee at 3 a.m., it's your kidneys. If you wake up at 2 a.m., it's your negative thoughts. Your negative thoughts. Your negative thoughts. Your mortality. Dying alone. Your life is more than half over. Have you actually lived? 
money troubles, relationship troubles, family troubles, your most troubled kid, your kids' relationships with each other, global warming, money, unresolved issues, a weird conversation you had with someone that day that's making you feel insecure, negative thoughts, negative Is your partner having an affair, money. Why was everyone looking at you that way at work? Did you do something wrong or are you becoming paranoid and no one gives a shit about you? Are you sick and you don't know it? Why can't the dog live as long as you do? Why hasn't the doctor called you back yet? Did you turn off the oven? Are you sick and you don't know it, but you're sure it'll kill you? Why are you still fat, even though you barely eat anymore and you exercise all the time? Are you invisible? Is the front door locked? What if you sleep through a fire because you're so tired? Why do your feet hurt? Yeah, I love that. Um, let's talk more about your humor writing. Maybe how you do it. Like, what is your approach? I think people would be very interested in that. When I was younger and I wrote short stories and fiction and essays, I always wrote on the top of the page, make funny, because I always felt like I was being too serious and too intense. And I just wanted to lighten up. During COVID, I found Medium and I thought I would try it again, try to be funny. And so I started writing some funny pieces. And Susan Brearley, who is the editor-in-chief of Mariam, who is also a collector of funny people, said, you're really funny. Can you send us more stuff? And I started challenging myself to only write funny things. Now, my process is I get mad at things. I'm, I get agitated by the world. I get mad in line at Starbucks. I don't like traffic. I have a lot of things that make piss me off. So one thing I realized about humor is the first draft is what makes you mad. The 12th draft is the getting to the joke. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times now I start with, I start with the mad. I don't try to start with funny. Sometimes I'm lucky and I do, but, and then I just keep writing and writing until I find the joke. So it sort of enables me to not only lighten up as a human being, but to find the funny in any scenario. So I just keep writing and writing it. And one thing that Susan also taught me was before I got better at finding the humor was who are you making fun of? What's the joke? The rule is for us is we're always punching up, not punching down. So we're not making fun of people whose lives are not going very well. We're making fun of politicians and movie stars. Not that they have perfect lives, but you want to make sure that, you know, like I was writing a piece once and she goes, are you making fun of old people? <laughs> and I said, no, I'm making fun of aging. But then it made me realize I wasn't there yet. Mm -hmm. I had to keep working on it. I hadn't figured out how to introduce this joke to the reader in a way that made it palatable and actually humorous. So it's both a life lesson to me on how to be kinder and find more humor in life and a writing lesson on having to churn something out, transforming it from one thing into another thing. I read that your goal in life is to transform your repressed anger into life-altering humor. That's fascinating. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself? A lot of my life has been about collecting people I admire, funny people, smart people, kind people, um, sort of like tour guides on how to be a human being. And that's the truest thing about me is how much I love my friends. And 
right now I'm at a point in my life that I am learning how to be funnier. And I found out how to do it by working on Mariam in Medium. And I just, right now I'm collecting funny people. So that's who I am right now. You're listening to Crow's Feet, Life as We Age. Today, two Crow's Feet writers, Warren Turner and Amy C., talk about finding the humorous side of aging. Don't laugh. There really is one. When you and I were talking before, uh, one of the interesting things I heard was uh, about your experience at Second City, where you took improv. I always wish that I had been able to do that. It sounds like that that experience helped you a little bit in terms of uh, your humor. With improv, the main rule is yes and. It means when you're doing improv, someone on the stage says to you, this is a great boat. And you don't say, that's not a boat. It's a car. In improv, you say, yeah, it is a great boat. And it's got an incredible sail. And it's on the ocean. And you don't say, no, it's not an ocean. It's all agreement. It's all agreement. Mm -hmm. And my husband said, you used to be a no butter. (laughs) You'd say, no, I would just be more contrary. But after Second City, I tried to be more in agreement. So you're in agreement. So you learn how to always support each other on stage. And in order to support each other, you have to listen to what the person is giving you, receive it, say thank you, and add to it. And so it really forces you to A, listen, and B, get out of your own head, and C, let go of your agenda. If you use that process as you write, I can see where that would be uh, very helpful as well. Hey, let me do a little aside here, because uh, recently you have been doing a lot of feature images on Medium at the top of your essay, and you've been getting um, stuff from a design site called Canva. Tell us just a little bit about that. About Canva? Yeah, and how you how you have been using it. You pay for it monthly, and it gives you images that you can use. But you can also integrate text and filters. And it's like media collage, which I love. Because sometimes when I don't know what is happening in my story, and I, I use a picture, it makes me figure out what my story is. So finding the right picture for your story is huge. We've been talking about your writing and your humor and such, but you're also what I think of as a swimming freak. (laughs) You go out and jump in the cold water. So talk a little bit about your whole swimming thing. Well, it's funny. Amy Gramlin, who's a rock star in medium, recently said to me on one of my swimming pieces, this is about writing, right? (laughs) So I said, it is. It's about swimming. It's about writing and it's about life. So like swimming is my, I consider it living metaphor for how I'm figuring life out. It's where I, all my demons happen. So I both swim in the lake and right now it is January 24th and I swam, I was in the lake yesterday, January 23rd and there's snow on the beach and I show up and there's this tribe of people. Some of them are biking through the year. They show up on their bikes. They don't have cars. The other ones have electric cars. They've been in the Peace Corps. They design Learjets, just a great scientists, just a funny group of people that show up to go into the water together in January. And the goal is to go as far as we can. And every time I go in, I feel like I won some epic battle because I have to get up at between 4.30 and 5.15. I have my coffee 
on the um, burner that I have to turn on, my stovetop espresso. I, I heat that up. I make a cup of tea for my after swim. I have a gallon of boiling water, collapsible bag, which I'll put my hot water in after I get out of the water, after the cold water, because your feet are so cold. Because the water is like between 32 and 35 right now. So you get out and you're freezing. So you put your feet in hot water. I put on this giant fleece poncho, my hat, and you warm up and then you go home and anything else is possible. And the people you go in with, like you just, there's something about walking (laughs) into freezing cold water when it's still dark with these people. And it seems like you could be walking off the earth. And you feel your skin prickles and it burns, but there's other people with you. You'd never do it alone. And you're looking at each other and you're sometimes you're swearing, sometimes you're breathing. And when people come out, their legs are so red. They look like they have sunburns. And we have a couple people that are still swimming a distance in it. I'm just going in and hanging out there as long as I can stand it. Yeah, that's the open water swimming that we do, hopefully until we can't do it. It made me think when you were talking about the way that swimming affected your your thinking and your feeling and your sense of, okay, now I can just about do anything with the rest of my day. You know, there's a lot more that we could talk about. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I want to make sure that uh, we've covered everything. Is there something else that you might want to add or talk about that we haven't covered? When I was thinking of my final thoughts, I was thinking, Now that I'm in my 50s, my life is funny people, swimming people, making new friends, writing, editing, and telling people that I run a publication called Breast Stories, which people always make me repeat. They say, breast, what? And I say, breast stories. And and it's like having a name someone can't pronounce. They make me keep saying it. So I go, it's about boobs. And that's really funny. I never planned on doing that when I was in my 50s. So that's it. I've read it um, from a male point of view. Sometimes it's demystifying, you know, um, your stories and the people who have who have written four breast stories. It helps me a lot at this time. uh, Our niece is going through an experience of breast cancer. Wow. I guess breast stories has helped me understand that better. And so I really appreciate that. I read at least one of your stories every day because it's a writing lesson for me. And I hope um, that'll help my writing as I go along. Thank you, Warren. My guest has been Amy C. Our executive producer is Nancy Peckenham with editing and sound engineering by Rich Halton. Additional support was provided by a team of Crow's Feet writers, including Lee Bench, Jan Flynn, Nancy Franklin, Elizabeth Allen, Melinda Blau, Jean Feldison, and Kathy Gilbert. Our original theme music was written and recorded by Rand Bishop. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Crow's Feet, Life as We Age. Don't miss any of our great stories. Subscribe to Crow's Feet wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to tell your friends and family to give a listen to and leave a rating or review. You can read more Crow's Feet stories online at medium.com forward slash crows hyphen feet. And check back next month for a new episode. So until next time, remember to savor every moment. As Marshall McLuhan said, there are no passengers on Spaceship Earth. We are all crew. How about making friends with your crew?
crow's feet.